Hey everyone, thank you for joining our midweek podcast. Welcome back to, you know, any of our faithful listeners. We are back after our short, you know, Christmas break, Christmas hiatus. Those of you who might be joining us for the first time and don't know, my name is Andrew and I am your host. Joining me today, we have Pastor Scott Kramer and Pastor Carrie Schaefer. Guys, thanks for joining the podcast in the first yeah, episode of the absolutely. new year. And yeah, here we are again. Excited to be back at it and, Pleasure. and you Pleasure know, to be discussing here, and, and breaking down Sunday services. And that's what the podcast is all about for any new listeners who might be joining us for the first time. Um, it's it's an opportunity to give our, our preachers, our communicators a chance to kind of dive deeper into what they taught on mm-hmm. Sunday morning. And this week... Um, Scott, you we kicked off a new series called Reset, where we're looking at how we can reset our thought lives, our habits, our worldview, and our finances. And this week was week one, start of a new series mm-hmm. in a new year. Um, before we jump into Sunday's message, maybe if you just want to kind of give give the people an, an overview of the series, yeah. and then yeah. we'll, we'll mm-hmm. dive into... Yeah, what, what it's all, what we learned on Sunday. I would love to, you know, and I'd like to make a comment too about the podcast. You know, if you're a listener, obviously you're a listener because you're hearing my voice right now, but um, invite others. You know, if you have friends who are, who could be encouraged by this podcast or people that you attend the church with and um, they don't yet listen and encourage them, invite them, share this with them. It is an opportunity for us to to take some of the the topics or scriptures that we discussed on Sunday and go a bit deeper and have more just a very casual conversation around those topics that might be helpful. And another reason I really like the podcast is because it gives us the opportunity to invite some of our other pastoral staff into the conversation on a given topic. You know, for example, if I were to preach on a Sunday morning on thought life, we get to hear from other pastors who also have thoughts about that topic, or when one of what like when a Greg Hubbard preaches or somebody else here, I I, I have thoughts about what they said. I it's it's a really cool environment for us to be able to bring our pastors to to also add their perspectives, their thoughts, their experience to what we discussed and preached on Sunday to to deepen and broaden your and our opportunity to learn together. So I love that we've got Pastor Kerry with us today and always have other pastors in the mix. So yeah, share the podcast and, and join us always. Um, so like Andrew said, we started a brand new series called Reset uh, on Sunday, and he shared with you the topics, uh, what's what you have to look forward to uh, this coming Sunday. Greg Hubbard, our evangelist and one of our elders, is going to preach on resetting our habits, uh, how that helps us uh, thrive in life and in Christ. Uh, and then I'll be back on the 21st to preach on uh, resetting our worldview. And I, that's going to be a very, I was writing the message yesterday, a very important message uh, in today's world, in, the, in a culture that tends to be antagonistic and sometimes even hostile towards people of faith. Uh, th- that will be a very important message for you to be here for. And then the final weekend, we have a guest speaker, Joe Sangal, uh, coming to us from, um, I believe, Oklahoma he lives in. Uh, but he's a, he, he runs several organizations. He preaches on finances. I was broke, now I'm not. It's his kind of uh, small group curriculum. And he'll be with us the whole weekend on the weekend of the 28th. So you don't want to miss that either, resetting our finances. But yes, uh, this past Sunday, uh, we started the year and the series with resetting your thought life. And this is a, I got, I got so much feedback from this message uh, from people who just felt very challenged by it, uh, very 
helped practically and inspired by it. Uh, somebody said to me, you should, you should preach that message twice a year. I, I said on Sunday, I've, I shared a similar message five years ago. They said, you should preach that twice a year. I'm like, oh, I don't think about it, but I don't know if I, I will. But, you know, it's such a, a vital topic to our, our success not just in the Christian life, but in any, in any aspect of life, you know, how to manage your thought life. Every human needs to learn how to do that. But of course, we're coming at it from the perspective of a Christ follower and how do we manage our thought lives effectively and successfully so that we live a life that's free from sin, anxiety, bondage, guilt, shame, unforgiveness, you know, worry, fear, depression, all those, like, how do we live free from all that stuff? That all of those things happen in our heads. And I shared on Sunday, like, your, your brain is an incredible creation, a hundred billion neurons, like, there's a lot to manage in there. And all of us at times find it difficult to manage our thought life. So, yeah, that's just a general overview of, of what I preached on. I shared a few verses at the end, just about the Bible does give us specific direction to what we should set our minds on. Uh, Paul said in Colossians 3, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. So there's a reminder and an invitation to put our mind on things above. Uh, but I, I thought today, you know, as you said, Andrew, already with Pastor Kerry here, like talking about just really practical life, like mm -hmm. every one of us can relate to a, a moment where my, my mind got the best of me my spare time, my thought life. I found myself thinking things that I, I wish I hadn't been thinking. I, I went down a road of a pattern of thought that, that I, it, it turned more negative or I was, ha I was battling sinful thoughts or angry thoughts or, or bitter thoughts or unforgiving thoughts. You know, there's so many different categories, but we've all had the experience of finding ourselves in a, a thought pattern season that wasn't helping me thrive in life. And that's that's a common experience for every person. So that's what I think would be great for us just to dialogue about today is mm -hmm. how do we how do we overcome that? I, I read a scripture just a moment ago in uh, 1 Corinthians 10. Uh, Paul wrote these words. He said, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. And when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. So the Bible does tell us that when we're tempted, the, the battle is in our mind, in our thought life, and we are God will always provide a way out when we feel tempted with any kind of thought pattern that doesn't honor Christ and lead us into a victorious living in Him. So again, just kind of a broad introduction to our conversation today. So Yeah, I, I think just also before we really dive into it, I think like for me going back and, and re-watching the, the, the service and, and going over your manuscript, it really, it all starts with where the service ended. Uh -huh. Like none of, the, none of these tips, none of, nothing that we'll talk about matters if you don't take the step of um, it, following Christ mm -hmm. with your whole heart, yep. you know, and, and your whole mind. And like the decision to follow Christ and maybe you're a new new attendee to GT but and you haven't made that decision kind of everything we're going to talk about doesn't matter until you make that decision yes. and take that step and That's and right. that you know for anybody who's who struggles in their thought lives and and whether it is fear or anger or lust or you know mm -hmm. anxiety like none of that stuff can be fixed until you take mm -hmm. that that step yes. and you know it, 
not to say that you know there there can't be chemical you know you know if somebody has mm-hmm. you know a bipolar disorder and they struggle with depression like that's something that you know I've experienced in my family like obviously some medication to help mm-hmm. balance it but you know the overarching like deal mm-hmm. you know, like salvation <laughs> like that's yeah. that's the ultimate first step you the know? most important one yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, Andrew what, what you, you said there again about uh, what the key point is where the real focus is one of the one of the mantras or a phrase that I think all of us have heard over and over and over again through our lives is mind over matter mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. it's just mind over matter yeah well no it isn't <laughs> it's the mind of Christ matters yeah mm-hmm. yeah and yeah. that's really the uh-huh. truth getting the mind of Christ that yeah. matters and really makes the difference yeah. and the and the bottom line I shared Sunday was um, you're not what you think you are what you think mm-hmm. You are, mm-hmm. you know, because the Bible says in Proverbs twenty three seven, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You and I become the sum total of our thought life. Whatever happens in your mind will eventually impact your words and your actions. And that is, we all have to square with that truth, that reality that we are exactly what we think. Yeah, that's the truth. So I was thinking about this in two main broad categories about the different arenas in which we battle thought life. One is the arena of my own self, managing my own life, and my battle with sinful impulses and desires, right? Like that's one arena where, as you were asking us beforehand, Andrew, to Carrie and I, about our years of meeting with people, pastoral Mm -hmm. counseling, like that's a common discussion where we're trying to look to God's word and appeal to the Holy Spirit to help people discover freedom and victory in their life when it comes to battling sinful thoughts, the impulses of the flesh, lustful thoughts, angry thoughts, you know, just any sinful tendency, disposition, impulse that we battle, that's one arena of thought life that we need to learn how to walk in victory. The other one, no less difficult, is the way that we manage how we think about other people and relationships. I think that's where people sometimes find themselves struggling as well as to, they, they have thoughts about a person and the more time left alone, the more they start to struggle with what they think about that person, a conversation they had, hurtful words that they allowed to penetrate their heart and the thought life can really do a number on you when you start to, process things that were said to you, a relationship, your marriage, like that's where people I think can really battle the the thought life because you're you're racing thoughts and you're you're processing and trying to you're you're trying to process what was said, what was happened, what you want to say, what you would have said, what you should have said, what you shouldn't have said. And our minds just race over those things. So those are two categories I think would be just handles for us today, mm-hmm. like the, the 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 life over the impulse of sin, and then relating with other people. You know, mm-hmm. so I don't know, just thoughts that we could approach those topics. Yeah, so looking at I I guess the you <clears throat> know the the thoughts that that lead to sin. Um, what what are what are some key things that that you've put in practice in your own life, and that you've you've encouraged and counseled others who who have come to you guys seeking you know your your counsel as as pastors like to help control 
the impulses mm-hmm. to help control the thoughts and yeah. and, and that that mm-hmm. that can ultimately ultimately lead to sinful behavior. Right. Yep. I know for me, uh, uh, and and all experiences that I, I have in my life personally, when things start going in a direction that I see is not a healthy direction, I can generally you know pinpoint in my life where. I wasn't as diligent uh, as I should have been, maybe to maybe in prayer or in in, in daily devotion and and the word. Mm. There, there's a direct correlation between our weakness and the lack of devotion and, mm-hmm. and being devoted to devotion in our lives. And in the years of of ministering and meeting people and who are in some very dire situations and. Uh, you know, really struggling and wanting, looking for some help and looking how to fix some things in their life. It generally is, is when you begin to ask and have them open up and, and to, to see, well, because things don't just happen today. Yeah. It doesn't, it isn't like yeah. I woke up today and wow, everything <laughs> fell apart. No. And if you start going, you start talking, well, how has your, how has your, your prayer life been? Mm-hmm. How, and if it's a couple that is really, how, how have you been serving the Lord together? Mm-hmm. How have you been, and what and what have you been asking God for on a daily basis? And mm-hmm. uh, it, it gets back to that the daily commitment, daily calling on the Lord, and staying attached to the to the life of Christ. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's where you start when you start to pull away from that. You're opening yourself up for all kinds of attacks. Because Satan is a, tr- a very wicked and tremendous deceiver, mm-hmm. and he's looking for any crack he can get into. Mm-hmm. And if he sees a weak spot, he's going to go for it. Mm. That'd be a great time to plug this Sunday's message when Greg Hubbard comes to preach about our habits, right? Like, you know, that yes. it is. Pastor Kerry's so right. Like, your daily time in God's Word and prayer and the disciplines, the spiritual disciplines, set you up to succeed and to, to thrive in the life of Christ. Mm-hmm. And this Sunday would be a great time to be at church and, and receive encouragement in that regard. So, yeah. Um, the, another thing that I've, I've talked to people about just in thinking about pastoral experience and my own life is I think we don't talk enough about the power of pre-deciding about certain areas of temptation. You know, let's just yes. take an obvious one that... Um, Many people, I don't want to just say men, men and women might struggle with this pornography, you know. I think every person, every Christ follower should have already made up their minds that that's not something I do or look at or indulge in. Like you pre-decide how you will deal with a temptation before the temptation comes. Hmm. I think I, I've observed that when people, generally speaking, when they wait for a temptation to arrive and have no battle plan, they generally are on the losing end of that temptation. And they generally succumb to it. They give in to the sinful, lustful impulses of the flesh. And then they live with the regret and the shame, the guilt, the condemnation that afterwards, right? Mm -hmm. I think all of us will be far more successful in the battle over our fleshly desires if we have a game plan, a Predecision. I let, let's take for example my my marriage to my wife Kate. 
I predecided the day I walked down that altar. Well, I didn't actually walk down the altar. I I came up the side, and then the, <laughs> Kate walked the altar. Anyway, um, the day I stood at the altar with Kate, and I I made a vow with her. That's a predecision. Yes. That's a predecision that I've already made. That any temptation from another woman on the planet is a hard pass. It's a no for mm-hmm. me. It's just a no for me. Any temptation to flirt to exchange a glance, to do anything that would dishonor my wife and the covenant I began with her, I predecided that I will honor my wife and be faithful to her. So it's an easy no for me if there were ever a temptation because I predecided. So I think that same kind of predecision can apply to any area where a person feels a weakness, a vulnerability, a temptation, be it alcohol, drugs, gambling, pornography, like where are you not pre-deciding and choosing what you will do when that impulse Mm -hmm. and that temptation arrives? Because it will come. Like Carrie said, the enemy is very strategic. Yes. (laughs) He's very deceptive. He's cunning, the Bible says, right? He's cunning. He knows our vulnerabilities and our weaknesses, and we ought to as well. And so we need to know how we will respond when tempted. Not if, but when tempted, this is how I will respond. And when you predecide in whatever area that is for you of your of your weakness and of of sinful tendencies, you need to be predecided. I will say no to this. And this is how I will say no. This is how I will avoid. This is how I'll turn that off. This is what I'll do to so that I can partner with the Holy Spirit to help me walk in freedom and victory over mm-hmm. this sinful tendency. Do you guys feel, well, <clears throat> I don't know. What is, what is the point, or maybe there isn't a, an, an exact point where, where a thought or an emotion becomes a sin, you know, mm. with, with, because we, we have, <laughs> we have the, these thoughts can just pop in our head whenever yeah. we have these emotions. The, the emotions aren't bad. They're Correct. given to us Sunday, by yeah. God, mm-hmm. like, and, and, and even, God and Jesus in human form expressed it, very yeah. the various emotions. But when when does when does it become sin? Yeah. So the, I mean, Jesus, the the scripture and Christ Himself defined some of that for us. I don't think. I I mean, there may be uh, my my scripture Rolodex in my brain isn't finding them right now. But like, there are places in scripture where I know some things are clearly outlined, like in the area of lust. You know, Jesus said, if you look lustfully yeah. at a woman, you've committed adultery with her in your heart. Not so the, 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 in the area of lust, not just watching pornography is sinful. The, Jesus said it is what happens in your mind. Mm-hmm. It can be a sin. Mm-hmm. You, can, people, you can commit indecent acts with another person in your mind. And just because you didn't physically act on that doesn't mean that you haven't already sinned against God, against your wife, and against yourself, right? Like, mm-hmm. So in that area... Sinful thoughts are if you start to walk down a road of imagining mm-hmm. what it might be like, I think you've sinned, right? Like, you know, you can't, you can't help the first look. I know that in the world for men, they, mm-hmm. they talk about like bounce the eyes, right? Like if you see a, yeah. a beautiful woman that you don't want to think wrongly about, like bounce the eyes. Don't take a second look. Don't take a third look. Like mm-hmm. that first look, you can't. It's a notice, but if you take more looks, that's on you, right? Because then mm-hmm. you're starting to make your avail yourself to 
looking at a woman and starting to see her more than just as a sister in Christ, right? Yes. You know, and so you got you got, you got to have again having those mindsets that I'm I'm going to say no even to what happens in my head towards another man or woman in my life. Yeah, yeah. I like the idea of what you mentioned earlier, Scott, about our predetermined mm-hmm. decisions we make, yeah. mm-hmm. maybe along with the uh, predetermined decision, <laughs> we should do some physical practice with our fingers. How quickly can we hit the delete button? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, when, <laughs> yeah. when we're talking about social media mm-hmm. and stuff, because, I mean, now it's all around us. I, yeah. I remember about 20 years ago, you know, 20 years ago, computers weren't what they are today. No. But so there were a lot of things they didn't have. Any, and you you could get a computer when you're first setting it up. You know, you you don't have all the protections and shields on. And I was a, a church I was passing at the time. I got a new computer, and I was in there just working on something, and all of a sudden something popped up. I mean, that <laughs> yeah. did not belong there. Uh-huh. And I mean, and I did just as quick as I could yeah. hit a delete button. Yeah. But there still remain, you know, there, there remains an image. Yep. You know, that is so difficult to get rid of. But if you, if you do not have a quick reaction to the delete. Yeah. Like you say, and you take a second look, uh-huh. Andrew, I think, again, that's where, again, that's where you have mm-hmm. allowed it to start leading you down the wrong yeah. path. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, so, again, like lust and, and that is, I think that is one that's that's kind of spelled out. Yes. But, yep, you know, clear. the, you know, and I'm looking at a list in Galatians 5, um, which Galatians five sixteen, you know, say walk by the spirit and yes, not gratify right. the, mm-hmm. the desires of the flesh. The flesh desires are contrary to the spirit, right. mm-hmm. and the spirit is contrary to the flesh. And the acts of the flesh, you know, are are obvious. You know, sexual immorality and impurity and debauchery. But w- where is you know when when does jealousy or envy or selfishness? Or greed, when does yeah. that mm-hmm. like? Because, oh, I can be, I can, I can look at somebody and something, oh, it'd be nice to have that. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that'd be cool. Hey, so, somebody just got a new car. Yeah. Oh, man, I'd love to get that car. Yeah. You know, I see people drive around their Ford Broncos, and I, I just think, oh, it'd be cool to have a Ford Bronco and just kind of put some big stubby <laughs> They're tires. they too boxy, and, Andrew. You don't want one of those. No, no. Yeah, <laughs> big stubby I'm just tires. Yeah. Uh, okay. You know, it, beef up the suspension uh, and go, you know, yeah, take yeah. the family and throw it in and go off-roading, you yeah, know, yeah. for, for a little weekend that, trip. Yeah. But when does, when does that, like, you know, right. Playful imagination. Oh, it'd be great to have this, you know, sixty, seventy, eighty thousand right. dollar uh-huh. car that, mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to have just to go, right? You know, play around in. Yeah. When does mm-hmm. when do those thoughts become yeah. sinful thoughts? And and now I'm envying and coveting, you know, yes. What what it's my neighbors question. have. So I I think a few responses. One would be. I'm talking to the listener now. I'm not going to provide the answer because I don't know all the answers, but like examine what does the scripture say? Like, what does God's word say about that? Does the the word of God give us any clarity with regard to when envy becomes sinful, when um, jealousy, when greed, you know, mm-hmm. anger? Because the Bible does say, in your anger, do not sin. Yes. You can feel anger and not be sinning, right? So there is a line for a lot of these things mm-hmm. that that our desires, there is a line that we cross where that's a it's a desire or an emotion, and then there's a line somewhere that I cross that that becomes sinful for mm-hmm. me, right? So, I the first response would be, 
that's why God gave us the Holy Spirit. Yeah. We want to be spirit-led believers, and the Spirit of God is living in us to make us aware of when a thought pattern isn't is no longer healthy, is no longer uplifting or edifying to me, and it's moving me in the wrong direction, right? Mm-hmm. I think to, if, if there's any kind of specific response I would have just off the cuff is that when in my own life, if, cause I, we all have those th- fleeting thoughts like, Oh, that man must be nice. Right? Like you see somebody driving mm-hmm. down on a new car, man, that must be nice. Yeah. And that's, that can be a fleeting thought and that's, you know, so what? Yeah. Okay. See a nice house, whatever, whatever your thing is that you enjoy. I think how long you stay there is an indication if you're starting to have envy that's not helpful or that eventually becomes sinful, right? Mm-hmm. How long you get fixated on that or how discontented you become with what God has given you, hmm. right? I, we're to, to, Paul said, I found the secret to being content in every and all situation, right? We, there is a, a way to be content with what you have and the longer that you look at the things you don't have and that you dwell on and fixate on the Ford Bronco, you're driving a, a Honda Civic and you'd love to have a Ford Bronco. The longer you fixate on that, if it's making you discontented and unsatisfied with what yes. God's already given you, yeah. then maybe you need to ask the Holy Spirit, am I, do I need to lay this aside? This, and it's, you know, it's okay. Like it's okay to desire other things, nicer things, right? Mm-hmm. As long as it doesn't become a, an obsession for us, we don't make it an idol, it doesn't cause us to mistreat people or to try to get ill-gotten gains to be able to acquire a said thing. Like there's, I mean, there's a lot of things. It's mm-hmm. a gray, there's a lot of gray lines there, right? A lot of gray areas. But I think, again, that's why God, God gave us the Holy Spirit to help us navigate where is the line. Like you're not going to beat yourself up over driving by somebody's car and, oh, I wish that would be nice to have, what it would be like to have that car. Yeah. But if it becomes an obsession or you fixate or, you know, there's there's a line somewhere that the Holy Spirit can illuminate for us. Carrie, what what do you think? Yes, I, there, there always is that pursuit. That, again, does it line up with, is God pleased with this in my life? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's not that we, even that we could afford it or at some time we could work towards having mm-hmm. something that we've always wanted. But again, how does that fit into the life that the Lord has for me as a servant? You know, how can I can can I use that as a as a vehicle of somehow ministry or reaching out mm-hmm. and blessing mm-hmm. other people, or is it just a personal gratification and satisfaction? It should always be again, well, Lord, how can how can you you use this in my life to be a blessing to others as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What What about some of the the you know? the emotional things, the, you know, the anxiety, the fear, the, the depression, the the worry, like what have you guys in in your ministries, what, what are, what are the things that you you've encountered and what, how, how do you counsel, what counsel do you give to people who maybe deals, you know, Mm -hmm. suffers from anxiety and fearful thoughts or suffers from depression? Yeah. Yeah, this. I mean, I I would say I'll try to caveat my response here, um, which I normally do anyway. Yeah. But I I would say that I can't. I think there are some who are naturally more predisposed to worry and to be anxious. I don't mm-hmm. think I'm in that 
category. Yeah. I don't, on a regular basis, struggle with being anxious or worried about things. But I do believe that the way that we feed our mind and our soul impacts mm-hmm. my tendency to worry, to be anxious. Like, I, again, if we go back and lean on the same idea, we can predecide that I'm not going to live in fear. Yeah. I've decided a couple things about my own life. I'm not going to live in fear because God holds the future and I can't change the past, right? I A lot of people live with a lot of regret and they just, all the second guessing I should have, could have, would have. I have decided and asked my wife, like, if we can't change the past, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. I need to yes. learn from it. I'm not gonna. I'm never gonna dwell on it because I can't change it. So yeah. I predecided that I'm not gonna let the past haunt me because I can't change it. I've also predecided that I'm not gonna live in fear because the Bible tells me in, in John, First John four, perfect love drives out fear. Mm-hmm. There's no fear in love. The John four says, and God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. Mm-hmm. Right. So I've predecided I'm not gonna live in fear over any circumstance that I have to endure. Even recently when our daughter is being in the hospital, getting diagnosed, like I've decided I'm not going to be fearful. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take every day as it comes. I've predecided that God is good, that God is faithful, that God is kind, that God is the healer, and that God knows tomorrow. So all of those are predecisions. They're, those are, that's the atmosphere of my heart that I want to walk into any kind of fear and anxiety, worry, depression with is that I've predecided I'm going to let the Holy Spirit and God's truth determine what's in my heart towards those things and not let my racing thoughts of all the worst case scenarios start to influence the way that I might think about that. Because I think that's where people get really stuck is they start to entertain all the possible worst case scenarios about what might become if, mm-hmm. and they, I, I've heard Joyce Meyer say, I'm not letting the devil rent space in my head, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to let him rent space in my head. I've predecided that I'm not going to let myself go down the road of all of these things that this could mean if, because mm-hmm. that's tomorrow. That's five years from now, 10, like, I need to, if I need to prepare myself, okay, but I'm not going to let that impact and, and control my thought life. I'm going to determine that I'm a man of faith. I'm a man of confidence in God, and I'm not going to live in fear. Mm-hmm. And I'm and I'm not going to worry because Jesus said you should not worry. Does that? Yes. I mean, you could build a case in Scripture that worry is sin because mm-hmm. Jesus said, "Do not worry." So when you do the opposite of what Jesus said not to do, I think you're sinning. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's mean. Maybe that's harsh. Maybe that's unsympathetic for people who are who have a natural tendency to be worriers. But Jesus literally said, so therefore do not worry about tomorrow or about what you will wear, about what you will eat or drink. Does not my Father in heaven care for all these things, right? Mm-hmm. He literally says, do not worry. So I'm going to predecide that I'm just choosing, I'm not going to worry about this. Mm-hmm. Again, I, I, so much of that is like, what are you filling your mind with every day, right? Like, go yeah. back to what Carrie said, what we'll hear about Sunday. Like, how are you filling your mind? What are you putting in your heart? What seeds of God's truth are you planting in your soul every day that will build an atmosphere in your life that you're not so predisposed to worry, fear, anxiousness, and 
all of those things mm-hmm. that you're talking about. Like, I think what we we can build ourselves up in the most holy faith and not be subject to those things as much. Uh, I'm ranting. I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't but, know if it's well, a rant, but like there, are, you talk about fear, and so there are there are many triggers to fear, and uh, I know personally for myself, probably if if I if I if I have a fear of anything, and there's not much there's much much that I do fear, but if I have a fear of anything, it is fear of failure. And I think most a lot of people are that way. We you all know? share that. Who, yeah. who, who wants to fail? Yeah. And 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 it's from some from, from time you're a child and and you're growing up. You're you're always in competition of some sort, and and yeah. there's always a stigma about about failure mm. that is there. But when we look at how God, mm-hmm. how the Lord Jesus deals with failure, there's so much more. God's more concerned about. Yeah our spiritual standing, our relationship with him than he is on how well we did on a test, how many games we won, yeah. our, you know, what, what our salary is compared to somebody else's or what position we might hold. Mm-hmm. There's so much more, and yep. God's always on our side. And with God on our side, as they say, who can be against us? Yeah. But, but, I, but it's a very common thing, I think. Yeah. And like I said, even free, I, I, I don't want to fail in anything. Yeah, right. I, I want to serve the Lord well, I want to serve the church, I want to serve my family well. But there are times when we, we may not make a right choice or do an adequate thing, yeah. and then we feel like a failure. Well, again, Satan loves that. Mm-hmm. You know, you, oh, look at yeah. you now. Look look at you now. Look what you did yeah. now. You really messed that up. And we have to have that focus on the Lord, mm-hmm. and the Lord is always looking at, he doesn't look at our failure. Mm-hmm. But he looks again at our faith and our trust yeah. in him, and yeah. he says, "Come with me, walk with me. I'll show you how to overcome yeah. this. Overcoming failure yeah. and the fear of failure, That's I so think, good. is very yeah. important." We said a, a few weeks ago. I preached something to the effect of like comparison is the enemy of contentment, right? Mm-hmm. Like it is. We yeah. compare ourselves to others, and one of the fears that I have, I think, that I have to overcome and battle on a regular basis is what will people think of me? Mm-hmm. You know, like when you stand on a stage yeah. every Sunday and you preach to over a thousand people, you could easily run down the road of what people, what will people think of me? What did they think of me after that sermon? They, mm-hmm. well, I misspoke. I said something wrong. I did this. I, that came out wrong. Like, and you can let that get a hold of you. Like, oh, people are going to think poorly of me. They'll, whatever it is, they'll think. I can, I don't, I give very little space to worrying about that because I remind myself I'm still here for one audience, right? I'm serving at God's pleasure, yes. right? I'm serving the Lord. Yes. And his opinion matters the his. most. And That's and I'm right. just going to say, you know what? I'm giving my best. Like, I gave my best today. If I wasn't prepared, if I didn't give my best, then maybe I, sh- I need to do some examination. But if I know that I was prepared, I was prayed up, I was studied, I and I gave my absolute best, like, that's all I have to offer, I can't offer anything else. And so if people think poorly of me when I've given my best, then that's on them. Like I've got nothing else to give but my absolute best, which I give every Sunday. So I'm not going to get lost or let the enemy attack me with how people might think of me, mm-hmm. you know, based on my performance. Because I I grew up in, an, in athletics as well, like Carrie was saying. Yeah. I grew up in the competition world of the mm-hmm. feudal competition. And perfor- it's all about performance. Yeah. Like yeah. you can get very in the athletic world, very wrapped up in a performance-based life. 
And when you don't perform well, then you think you failed and people will think poorly of you. And it's just a cycle of like, of thoughts that don't help me, mm-hmm. you know, that performance-based mentality. And that, that can leak into your marriage. It does. I mean, that, we talk about that in the couples class. My wife and I like a performance-based marriage, you know. If I don't perform yeah. a certain way, then my spouse will think this of me or I have, I've let them down or I've failed. Like, or if I don't jump through these hoops, I don't perform well. Like the, that, is a, that can be a noose around your neck, the, mm. that, yeah, that drivenness. You know, there are listeners here who are driven like, like that ambition, that drivenness can lead to a performance-based life. And then, then you, you, can, can, you can think that way of others. Like if others are looking at me for performance, then I expect performance from others too. And just this, again, a cycle about how you view other people. So... Where, where, um, in your guys' opinion, where does, um, where do people need to maybe take a step towards, um, like counseling, either pastoral counseling mm-hmm. or professional counseling? Um, obviously, you know, it, the, you guys as pastors are yeah. always here uh-huh. to, to counsel people, but we also, will direct people to yeah. mm-hmm. professional counseling services. Yes. I think, you know, I, I think for myself, like, um, like, uh, my, my oldest, he, he has, I, I think some, he's dealing with some anxiety and fear and stuff okay. like that, it's especially around. So like, um, a few years ago, we live by the river, the river flooded. And mm-hmm. now every time it rains, mm-hmm. He has yeah. a fear of the yeah. river flooding and something bad happening, even though nothing yeah. happened then. Yep. Mm-hmm. And even though in the first time it happened in the situation, mm-hmm. like it was like, oh, hey, this is this is cool. Like, look at this. This is, this yeah. is wild. Yeah. Like the memories now trigger some sort of fear and anxiety. Uh-huh. And where where and it's nothing. Saying to him, hey, there's nothing to be scared of. Like yeah. it doesn't uh-huh. doesn't help right. the situation. Yeah. Like sometimes just saying like. And I, I get, like, I'm kind of similar to you, Scott. Like, I don't suffer from, like, uh-huh. like f- crippling fear and anxiety. Yeah, yeah, but mm-hmm. so saying to somebody who, who does, yeah. I've, I've learned mm-hmm. with my own son, like, it's going to be fine. Like, it's mm-hmm. okay. There's nothing to be worried yeah. about. That doesn't just magically. He has a different take, picture in his yeah, mind. Yeah, yeah. yeah, take it away. So at what point? At what point, yeah. like for somebody, if you're, if there's something, and and maybe it's not fear and anxiety, maybe it's anger. Yeah, maybe right. like, and I, you're just that's overly such a great, anger, angry about yeah. about stuff, and and you have such a short fuse, and and you're an easy trigger. Yeah. Like when when do do I as somebody who struggles with this need to maybe take a take another step? Mm-hmm. And I think it's it. I would say, you know, if people were better at being accountable with others, yeah. it wouldn't be as uh-huh. big of an issue. But yeah. I, yes. you know, there's there then becomes a a, a bit of pride yeah. and and mm-hmm. and and that with being open with with, you know, it, somebody who who we feel we sh- mm-hmm. who we should be accountable with yeah. versus yeah. you know almost the the anonymous nature of like going yeah. in and mm-hmm. being able to talk to a counselor yeah. or some, somebody yeah. like that. Such know? a great question, Andrew. And I, you know, I, I, I'm sure that somebody listening could think we, we've trivialized it. Like it's, well, that's easy for you, Scott or Carrie or Andrew, but mm-hmm. it's not for me, right? Like we are all different and I don't want to ever 
sound trite or tri- trivialize it. I, I'm going to use a word you said, Andrew, like that it can become crippling. I Because th- your question is, how does a person know when they should seek help, whether it be pastoral or professional counseling? I think if you are battling some kind of um, thought pattern that that holds you back, that's besetting, that's crippling, that that becomes a handicap in your life, that keeps you from living a life of abundance in Christ, living a life that's free. Jesus came that we might have peace, that we might have freedom. And if you are if you are held back by any one of these things we've listed in your own mind and thought life, and you're not finding freedom on your own or whatever you're doing, that you've heard it said, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. So if that's if you're spinning your wheels and you're stuck in a cycle and what you're doing now isn't helping you to walk in freedom from those mm-hmm. thought patterns that you wish wouldn't weren't there, I think it's time for you to reach out. I think it's time to go call a pastor, get a, find a counselor, and just start to unpack some of those things together with somebody if you can't find freedom on your own. I don't think God wants us to live like that. I don't think that's an unfair statement. I don't mm-hmm. think God... That doesn't sound like the the life of Christ, right? Yeah. If we're to... Jesus said, imitate me. Paul said, imitate me as I follow mm-hmm. Christ. We're to be like yes. Jesus in this world. Yeah. Be holy as I am holy. Like There's this invitation that we're to have Christ formed in us. That's what discipleship us is, being seeing Christ formed in me. Well, the life of Christ isn't one of fear and anxiety and worry and depression. That's not the life of Christ, right? Can we all agree on that, mm-hmm, right? That's true. So yeah. if you're not enjoying the life of Christ in you and you're not getting there without help, then go get help. <laughs> Believe that God can and wants you to enjoy the life of Christ on this side of heaven. Mm-hmm. And so if you're not there, then go get help, right? And I think that we as pastors, again, there, there are, are numbers of people that they will look first to the church and yes. they will look first yep. to the pastors. Mm-hmm. And when we listen to their stories and, 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 and maybe take time and maybe several occasions that we are, we're, we're dealing with them and, and we are, we're sharing again, we, we begin with God's word, you know, mm-hmm. and go to those points things. But if we see that, I mean, it doesn't take long to sort of determine whether or not <coughs> they're telling you the whole story mm-hmm. yeah, or that they seem to be holding something back where we recognize that, they might be they might be additionally served or better served going to a, a, yeah. a professional Christian counselor that deals with this on a daily basis of trying to draw people out to get to what the, the real core values are. And so, you know, we're not we're certainly not against that. We feel at a certain point we may recognize that, yeah. and the Spirit may bear witness to us that they need that. You say like when 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 the Spirit bears witness to, to us as pastors mm-hmm. that that there's something else that. that that yep. they need another another person, another voice. He he the Holy Spirit is faithful to us and we guide them to that yep. in, in that way then. Yeah. It's good. Uh I mean that's kind of everything I was thinking. Guys, it, yeah. do you have any final thoughts for for, you know, um based off today's conversation, Sunday's message, or just kind of the series in general? Yeah. But, I think um just in the in the box or the category of how we think about other people. Mm-hmm. I think that's also a place where every one of us can find ourselves in trouble, right? Like we, we exchange a harsh word with somebody. We have a little bit of a, 
a, a disagreement with somebody, whether it's a coworker, it's our spouse, it's a neighbor, whatever the case where we get into interrelational conflict. And then you step away from that and get in your own head. I, th- I have found, this is what, and, and I don't do this perfectly, but like when I'm starting to think about a person and I'm starting to, let's say I'm starting to prepare my speech for when I see them, right? I'm, mm-hmm. I'm in my head. If you're preparing your speech, that means you're also mounting evidence mm. about that person. You're trying to collect data and you're all in your head, right? Your 100 billion neurons can do this, right? <laughs> I'm collecting data. I'm mounting evidence. I'm preparing a case and my speech. That means you are beginning to see that person as an opponent, right? Mm, yes. Because that's, yeah. that's what you do for an opponent. I, I'm preparing myself. I'm collecting data. I'm mounting evidence. I'm preparing my case and ready for my speech. I have now put that person and set them up as my opponent. Mm. And that means I'm trying mm-hmm. to come and win something. And yeah. that's not going to produce relational reconciliation. And I, I'm wired that way. I, I know I am. And so I have to remind myself, Scott, rather than mounting evidence, why don't you start talking to Jesus about this person? And why don't you pray for their good? Why don't you pray God blesses them and favors them and, and pours out his goodness on their life? Rather than me getting caught up in my headspace and preparing my case against them or how I want to handle a discussion with them, why don't I just pray for God to bring about a change in both our hearts, pray for that person that they enjoy God's blessing, God's favor, God's goodness, and start to pray for them. It's really hard to stay mad at somebody that you pray for God's goodness to fill their life. That's right. You don't stay mad at people. Mm -hmm. And this is for you husbands and wives too, right? Like Mm -hmm. when you start to get angry with each other or upset with each other or hurt by each other or frustrated, and then you start to like allow the enemy to to build some headspace in you and you start to mount evidence and all the, why don't you be reminded how how blessed you are and that you start to pray for God to bless your spouse. You won't stay upset very long. Right. So anyway, That's right. so take that to prayer. Like when you start to really struggle with interrelational mm-hmm. conflict, I hope we're all praying about that and, and, and giving that person to God, giving myself to God, God, show me any wicked mm-hmm. way in me. Where am I wrong? Where am I... Yeah subject to my own wrong perspective, my own wrong mindset. And God bless that person and don't let me see them as my opponent. They're yes. my brother or sister in Christ. Like I don't want to hold them as an oh. adversary. I want to see them as a brother or sister and I want to work towards mm-hmm. healthy relationship. So people get stuck in bad thought patterns Again, about that, other people. And then that would be fulfilling the mind of Christ. Yes. Not right. ours. That's right. That's fulfilling the mind of Christ. I really like that. Help me see them like yeah. God sees them, right? Yes. If I start to see my spouse, yeah. my friend, my coworker, the way that God sees them, mm-hmm. I'm sure that my perspective will change. Absolutely. Because <laughs> God sees not just where they're at, but what their potential is in him. So, uh, Yes, he does. Yeah. Well, guys, thank you. Thank you for yes. a great conversation. Start off 2024. Looking Not 2014, forward. as I said the other week. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I was only 10 years behind. No big deal. <laughs> only a few years off. <laughs> um, yeah, thank, thanks for yeah. coming and joining me and, and sitting down and, and discussing on the podcast. Um, if you missed on Sunday, which we saw the numbers, come on, let's be honest. Some of you probably missed on Sunday. Make sure you go back and um, rewatch this the service so that you know 
kind of more of what we were uh, talking about, you can watch our services through our website, gtchurch.online, or on YouTube. Um, or you can listen to the sermon in podcast form wherever you know you listen to your podcasts. Um, Scott, you kind of already promo. We got Greg coming yeah. in this this yep, Sunday. Right. He's saying mm-hmm. be preaching about habits. how to restart, yep. reset, reset our, habits. our habits. And I think we all are going to be looking forward to hearing Greg preach on that. But until then, I hope that today's conversation has had an impact on your life as we all continue to grow together in Christ. Take care and God bless. Have a great week and a great year.